another episode of F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business, the podcast for people who are ready to question the status quo of online business and market their business however the F they want to. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, graphic designer and content marketing strategist who turns your brilliant ideas into fun, engaging content for your perfect fit clients. Let me ask you this. When you're on a Zoom call, like a networking meeting, and you're asked to introduce yourself, do you know what to say or do you feel like you just keep rambling until someone saves you? I am a rambler for sure sometimes, but that might mean we have to work a little bit on our brand messaging. So today I have Cassie Patton on to talk all about brand messaging and how she helps her clients get super clear on who they serve, what they believe, and how they can build a brand that their perfect fit clients are ready to work with. Cassie Patton is the copywriter and brand messaging strategist behind Metal and Tonic. She writes potent copy for gutsy entrepreneurs who want to stand out from the sea of same old online. By focusing on the copy that makes the biggest splash in your business, like your website, email list building, and launches, she helps you attract more of your perfect fit prospects for a business worth loving. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Cassie, how's it going? Hey, so great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am really, really excited to start talking about everything we're talking about. So right before we hit record, you brought up a thing that everybody's talking about that I'm avoiding. So I want you to talk about it because you're the copywriter and I feel like it's more in your realm to talk about it. So (laughs) hit us with your big controversial statement. Copywriting is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And Cassie's a copywriter. Anyways. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put that out there. (laughs) So it's Here's the thing. It's dead in that there are all these amazing tools out there that can write for you. And people are freaking out about it. They're excited about it. They're leaning on it. Um, you, If you're familiar with ChatGPT, there are other AI bots out there, but that's the most popular one right now. Um, and it's, I think it's, sort of an existential moment for copywriters uh, in my peer group because everyone's like, am I irrelevant? Is this it? Am I obsolete? You know? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no, of course not. And so my statement is perhaps uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> not misleading, but it doesn't tell the whole story, right? <laughs> but what what it really comes down to for me is like, okay, well, we all knew that that this, this is already happening. Like we're already all feeding each other the same prompts and formulas and templates. We're just trading all this stuff back and forth. Now the bots are just doing it for us and making that easier. Yeah. But it really comes down to, okay, well, well what's the human element of your brand? How are you going to market yourself in a way that pe- people are actually going to care about that you actually care about? Um, and so I am a I am blowing the trumpet on brand messaging because that that's how you're going to stand out. Like copy, yes, great. You need that. You're always going to need that. Copy is what sells and moves people, but um it's it's not enough anymore to have well-written words cuz the bots can do that too. Yeah. Okay, what is it called again? Cuz I feel like everybody's talking about chat GDP. Is it GPT? GPT. See, I seriously <laughs> I'm like on purpose not paying attention. It's probably going to like bite me in the ass. And probably I'm just a sucker and I'll do it in like two years and be like, why didn't I do this two years ago? Um, 
And so how is that one specifically? Because I feel like everybody's talking about that one. And I love um, AppSumo, the little, I don't know if you know where you can like buy lifetime membership, like whatever, AppSumo. I feel like I have something through AppSumo that like has helped me write a sales page or two because I don't know how to like, sales pages are hard, you know, and I've typed in things before to be like, graphic design for whatever and then it, it says some other things and I'm like oh that's <laughs> like I have definitely used whatever tool it is I can't even think of what it is now I don't use it often why is everyone losing their mind over the chat one chat xyz <laughs> it's, gonna- <laughs> it's because it's surprisingly powerful and very often coherent <laughs> okay I mean it it will spit out you can you can feed it a fairly complex prompt Mm-hmm. And it, you'll watch it before your eyes type out a, a nuanced, detailed, technically well-written answer. Okay. Now, it's also very generic. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have any mind-blowing results from it in, in terms of the originality of the content. But what I love about it, and I do, I, I do think it's a wonderful tool. Like, I'm... I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes from here because it's only going to get better. It's only going to become more omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But what I think it's great for right now, it's um, it's not writing your captions or writing a blog post for you. Like, please, if, if you're, if you're literally just taking what it makes you verbatim, like you might as well not bother. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's really, really good for helping you like process your thoughts differently, helping you think differently. So when you're in creative mode or brainstorming mode and you're getting stuck or you're just looking for a different angle on something or different words you can use because you're like, I'm so sick of this word. If I say authentic one more time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it will it, it can be really helpful to actually have a conversation with. Uh, because you can give it feedback and you can you can take and borrow from it. Like, oh, okay, I hate all of this, but like this one word, that gets me thinking in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm using it in my business right now. I do use it, but I don't use it to write my copy. It's yeah. For me, it's an idea machine. Okay. Okay, okay. I still feel like I'm like, hmm, suspic- suspicious. I'm suspicious <laughs> of the robots or whatever. Um but that makes sense. Okay. But also like you're saying, I mean, if you're going to be like a thought leader, you can't just like the robot can't do all your writing for you. Right. If you got to figure out what you want to say and like what you stand for and all your messaging in order to like attract people, I think, I guess that's why I'm not that interested. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I feel (laughs) like I like what I'm doing. I don't need a robot to help me. Um, and then I hear people too being like, Oh, it's just going to write all my like, you know, I'm going to, it's doing all my show notes. It's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, that sounds weird. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's just like blowing my mind. But okay, as an idea machine, but you have to have ideas too to work with it is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. It it only, the output is only as good as the input. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think that's why I know a lot of people who have tried it and they're like, this thing sucks. And it's like, well, if you if you put crap in, you're going to get crap out. You can also give it feedback and watch it sort of refine and change ideas a little bit. But I will say, um, I don't know, actually, I kind of, 
I know it's getting smarter, generally speaking, but I feel like my interactions with it, it's almost gotten dumber. I'm like, wait, you've, <laughs> you, you've left out this one part or you like completely ignored this piece of the prompt. So it's also very, very imperfect in that way too. But again, like this stuff is changing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like Google's coming out with their own AI. Um, like by the time this comes out, that will probably have been rolled out. Um what else? They're like, oh my God, there's so, so many things. It's it's going to change the way so many of us work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why people are having an existential crisis about it. It's like, okay, are, is Gmail just going to be like two bots chatting back and forth forever and ever until we die? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that will be interesting. Well, what does that mean? Wait, hold on. Now I'm like totally out of the loop. What? Why would Gmail do that? I'm like, why would Gmail do that? I'm talking to my friends. What do you mean? What's happening? Yeah, no, I mean like already, you know, you have that sort of Gmail has that auto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where feature. it's like, yeah, I'll send that right over. And I'm like, no, that's yeah. not what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> well, they're taking that up a level or two. They're going to okay. be rolling out so many other things. So it's just, it's permeating everything. Zoom's doing it, um, you know, with meeting notes, which is great because who wants to write their own meeting notes, you mm-hmm. know, but like, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I think that I understand why people are afraid of it, but it's also kind of pointless to be afraid of because it's just happening. It's coming no matter what. Yeah. And so in the meantime, instead of freaking out, like it's going to take your job, I think this is all for all of us. I think right now the best thing we can be doing for ourselves, for our businesses, for our marketing is getting introspective and really, really reflecting on like, what do I give a shit about? What do I stand for? Like, what do I want to say? Maybe, maybe we don't have to feed the machines and the algorithms as often as we are, or, you know, like, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm 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 like, like less, but better. Yeah. Less content and I'm making it better because it's all like moving so quickly too. It's just so much. Um, I think before we got on, you just called it noise, but it is so much noise because everybody's just, you know, I recently joined TikTok and that's what they were saying last time I joined TikTok and then quit was like post three times a day. I'm like, nobody has enough interesting things to say three times a day. Sorry. Hell Sorry. No. Come at me. <laughs> like if you think you do, I'm like two times a week, I'll tell you something and it'll be better than if I try to just like say whatever three times a day just to do it. Like not making content just to make content, no. which is what I think two people are using the bots for. It's like this mass produce, like they're trying to cut corners because they want to like keep feeding the machine sort of. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of what you're thinking about. And I think when people, when people try to cut corners, it's like you can't cut corners in business. Like you have to do the hard stuff. Yeah. You have to do the inconvenient stuff. Um, uh, certainly if you care about, standing out in any kind of meaningful way or building a, a genuine connection with your people. Yeah. You know, and not everybody cares. Like some people are just like, they're just doing it for the profit. And I'm like, cool, mm-hmm. fine. Like there's plenty of that in business, but the people I work with, and I think the people you work with, like we very much care about like, what, what is the point of this? What are we doing this for? What is the impact we want to have? Mm-hmm. You know, whether, whether that's big or small. Right. But like, we're all in the business of 
changing lives for the better. Yeah. 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 I, um, well, let me ask you this. Does the robot not give the same like captions to different, to different people? Cause I feel like the Gmail, I'm sure the Gmail, and I know you said they're like bumping it up a level, but I'm sure the Gmail is telling multiple people the same prompts I get. Cause they're not, they're like, yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Thanks. Or whatever. Maybe it knows my voice a little bit. Now that you brought that up, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot Gmail was like spying on me. Um, <laughs> but is the, does the chat, the chat, I can't even, I'm not even saying chat now. I'm saying chat now instead of chat, but <laughs> does that thing not give multiple people? Like, could all of our stuff be looking the same? Oh, Would it yeah. be the same? Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, well, yes. I mean, generally, right. When something is generic, whether it's the exact same language or not, like you can just, you can just feel it. Like mm-hmm. my husband's a teacher and he's like, you know, I got an essay the other day. I'm pretty sure it was written by ChatGPT. Like you can just tell. Yeah. When it's like, you know, like this isn't your voice. This isn't your usual style. This isn't really, really saying anything, mm-hmm. you know, new or interesting. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, I think, a risk of that. And right now they're like, there's definitely a lot of conversation around uh, copywriting, like intellectual property, copy mm-hmm. R-I-G-H-T, which, which is like, you know, can you just take verbatim what this thing is giving you? Because like, it's, it's pulling that from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's another reason why I wouldn't recommend uh, re- using it as a crutch. Yeah. Um, like we all, I think, rely on crutches to an extent. Um, and, and we look outside of ourselves for inspiration, right? Like beyond mm-hmm. chat GPT, like we're using social media prompts that, you know, people on Instagram are giving us. We get, we buy the sales page template because we're like, I don't know how to put together a sales page template. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at our competition sometimes or or our aspirational competitors, the people who are like 10 steps ahead and we're like, mm-hmm. well, they're not my competition yet. Yeah. Um, you know, our coaches and all of that's fine. Like, I'm not saying any of that, using any of that is bad. Um, but they're jumping off points to me. Like, I think the real inspiration for standing out and having something to say, it's it's not on the internet. Like you have to go outside. You have to, you have to journal, you have to, you know do literally anything else. And I say this as somebody whose comfort zone is very much indoors and on the internet, but my happy place is outside. Yeah. So it's like, you kind of have to force yourself to do those things. Yeah. I definitely think those things can be helpful. Templates, swipes, formulas, whatever, especially when you're just starting, it's really tempting to do that. But then I started finding myself like anytime I wanted to do anything, I was like, I got to find out how I'm supposed to do this. Like completely forgetting that I have a brain in my head and I'm fully capable of like figuring stuff out. And then I'm like, oh, why am I looking this up? You know, I ne- like, I don't know. I have Thrivecart or I have this. Like I want to sell this product. I need to put it on. Like I know what to do. I don't really need to find a formula. And I think sometimes when you start going down that path and you're just looking to other people all the time for insp- it, quote unquote, inspiration, it can be really easy to lose your own voice. Yeah. Yeah. And you po- you mentioned uh, another important point too, which is like 
that logical brain that's that's on overdrive constantly like we we need that but it's very hard to switch back and forth between that and your creative side mm-hmm. the side that you're like where your heart actually participates mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um like that's context switching and when you do that a million times a day you're you're depleting all your sources of energy and creativity requires energy um and it requires uh, often a different space, like literal physical space mm-hmm. um, from where we're doing all that brain stuff because it's exhausting. Yeah. So you so you help your people get clear on messaging, right? That's like part of your thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so how do you help people do that? Like, do you tell them? Are you like, go journal, get back to me? <laughs> what's, what's their prescription? Now I'm like looking for the, the formula again, but a little bit, like, how do you, when people come to you and they kind of are struggling with that? And I know it's hard. Like even I sometimes like go to a networking thing. It's like you're on zoom and they get to you and you're like, what do you do? And I'm like, Whoa, like word vomit. I'm just saying all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, and I do this. Oh, and sometimes I make this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes my messaging is not quite as clear. Um, I think I know what I do, but then it's really hard sometimes to put that into words. So how do you help people do that? Yeah. Well, I give them the outside perspective that they so desperately need. Um, mm-hmm. that That's a big part of it too. I mean, there is, you do reach a point in your business when you've been in it for a while and, and you are, you have had a lot of success and you've kind of earned your stripes a little bit, but now you're so in deep and maybe you have lots of offers or products or just stuff like that you're doing on a daily basis. So you, you no longer have sort of that blank canvas that you were working from when you were brand new. And that's, that's a relief. But like, I think sometimes we, we wish that we had a blank canvas. Like if I could just start over Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would only do X, Y, and Z um, and, you know, maybe craft this really intentional sort of messaging now that I know what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get that unless we start a whole new business. Um, and so you do reach a point where you need somebody to observe you and read between the lines and ask the probing questions that just get you thinking differently. Mm-hmm. And so... That's what I'm really good at. And, you know, messaging wasn't always something that I specifically uh, did or, or offered as kind of like a standalone uh, service. It, it just always came naturally in my other work with clients, whether we were doing like a website or a launch. Um, what I kept hearing from people was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, wow, I, ha- I just like... I don't know where that came from. Just like describe this in a whole new way. That's cool. Yeah. And um, so messaging just kind of naturally came out as part of those processes. But what I would every now and then hear from clients is like, I've got this great new website over here, but I'm showing up over here. Like, how do I, how do I use what we did together over here? And I'm like, oh uh, yeah. Okay. So that's messaging. Your messaging is like, by the way, for anyone who's like, what the hell is that? Like, it it sort of sounds like a a big, vague thing. Um, And there's like so much jargon around branding just in general. But um, your brand messaging is how you talk about your business, wherever Mm -hmm. you talk about your business. 
it's really that simple, right? And copy is an element of that. But we're talking about an overall strategy, which is like repeatable messages that you can repurpose and expand on um, in any context. So like you said, it's it's your elevator pitch. It's your hero statement on your website. It's how you name your offers. Um, so that's just like, it's literally what you say. It's not that complicated, but it does ideally at a certain point need to be strategic. So now when I'm, when I'm working with clients, like we really dive into their messaging first because it's going to make everything else that much easier and more coherent, um, cohesive across all your platforms. So um, basically distilling down whatever your like money-making messaging formula is that is going to connect with your audience. Um, so you're never at a loss for words again. Like you, you now have these, um, these ideas that you can like use and, and create content with because you have these content pillars now. Um, so I have a framework that like, I can't believe I'm saying that actually, like I actually have been refining my own process over the last couple of years since I started this business. Um, and that framework, it's called the tonic framework, but that's basically how, um, I kind of walk people through step-by-step, to uncover, like, what is the secret ingredient? What is the thing that you do so well? And I'm going to ask you some like weird questions. It's really, that's what it is. It's like asking weird questions. I'll be your journal prompts, right? Like, let's go, let's go down the rabbit holes, have the side tangents, whatever it is, that's where the gold is. And so if you're just doing this on your own, that's like, that's what you need to do. You need to like get weird and bring a a curious mindset instead of a judgmental or logical one. Okay. So you were saying like when you worked with clients before, I'm assuming because you're a copywriter, you were like making their website and then that felt really awesome to them. And they were like, okay, this is great. How do I, earlier before you were like, and how do I put this over there? You meant like you're helping them get super clear on their websites, I think. And then how can they like show up like that all the time? Is that what you're saying? Messaging is sort of in a way. Well, so that was what I was, I was basically doing before, like before messaging, I, before I treated that as really its own thing, that's what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I realized there's, there's this greater need and, and now I can tell when that's what people actually need. Cause some people just come to me and it's like, their messaging is pretty solid. They just need to update their website. Like, cool. We'll do that. But whenever somebody comes to me and they are, I can tell they're, they're a little bit scattered all over the place in terms of like, I don't even know what I need. I think I need a website update, but I also need like a sales page for my offer, which I'm not really enjoying selling anymore, or it's just not selling as much as I'd like it to, but I also need a lead magnet. And can you help me with a welcome sequence? Like, I have realized that that is the biggest sign that their core issue isn't like a specific asset or strategy, like tactic, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's the overall messaging stat- strategy. Like, whoa, we need to take a step back because you're now holding yourself back in your marketing and you're trying to complicate it by adding other layers that 
maybe you need, but, but before you do that, before we diagnose that problem, like Mm -hmm. let's get back to your foundation and make sure, cause I don't want to write copy for you that you're like, you're going to hate in a couple of, you know, a few months because actually that's not even the direction you want to take your business anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, I mean, this is like big decisions. Like you're saying, like you need to get introspective and like get creative, get weird and figure out what you're doing. So I think it would be interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about, I'm like choking. It's fine. Everybody calm down. Just kidding. (laughs) Me, calm down. Um, Do you want to talk about a client or maybe like in your business? Because you were saying like how you name things and then you said your framework was tonic. So I was like, ah, that's messaging. Like that's part of like your brand. So do you want to sort of like talk about that? I don't know if that was a question, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like your business, like how does it look in your business? Yeah. So, well, it's funny because I, you know, as of recording time, like I've been in pre-launch mode for my messaging offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's actually, it's very meta because I've been thinking about my own messaging and how, how it has very incrementally evolved uh, since I started my business. And uh, I think I was having a little bit of a, a crisis, like, oh my God, I think I need to change some things now. Now that I'm like, I'm just talking about this all the time. But now I, I see that as exciting. I'm like, that that's normal. That's natural. Mm-hmm. Everyone's business evolves. Things are going to change. The way you talk about it is going to change. So I do want to set that expectation. Like if, especially, you know, I think a lot of people listening might have feel, feel like, I had good messaging. I don't really know what happened because it's not working anymore. That's normal. Um, so whether you've never had it in the first place or it's just no longer your thing anymore, that like you're you're in the right place <laughs> if you're listening to this conversation. But basically, the tonic framework um, it it encompasses my whole pro- process, like from beginning to end, including the actual copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are digging into that, but It stands for target audience transformation, origin story and outlook, narrative crafting, infusing your message, and connection-driven copy. Mm -hmm. So copy is the last step, if you didn't notice, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's that's like the final piece of it, but like it, it requires a lot of deep diving elsewhere first. So the first two steps, the target audience transformation and origin story and outlook, that's where I spend the most time with my clients one-on-one. That's where we are nerding out, um, doing some research. We're doing some voice of customer stuff, like, and we're getting on Zoom for a solid two hours mm-hmm. <laughs> and digging in deep. So, you know, I, I do like to remind people that the second most important person in your business is you. Mm-hmm. The most important person in your business is your one ideal client. One. Mm-hmm. What, you know, who is this person? And I think when you when you get clearer on that, when we explore that who that person is, what they value, um, not only about like the solution you provide, but how you provide it, like there's so much gold there. And that's often my favorite part because, um, you know, 
my clients who like, they've often will be nervous to like send out a survey, like, I don't want to do it. Like, what if people say mean things? And then the responses come in and we're like, oh, hey, look, this person pointed out this stuff over here that you never would have known. And we can use that. So um, I always like to start with their with their one ideal client and and make sure we're diving in deep into who that person is. So you can so you know who you're talking to. Like you're no longer talking to people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Through people on Instagram. Like that person who's liking, 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 literally out of habit. Like they're not, they don't actually even like, like that is so not the person. Mm-hmm. Um, often your ideal client, they're not even interacting with you. They're just paying close attention. Yeah. So um, so that's the first part. And then the origin story and outlook, that's that's really, really important, which is just basically diving into what are your values? Why do you do this? What is your unique perspective? And you do have one, even if you don't think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your stand? Like, let's let's plan a flag on something and, mm-hmm. you know, have an opinion. So speaking of planning a flag, anyone who already listens to this podcast knows that I sort of hate ideal client. Um, you know, I am the opposite of you. I like put myself first. So I'm a selfish jerk who puts me and my clients first. And then I feel like the customer will just magically gravitate towards us. I should also add that I'm not like, I mean, I do some branding for people, but it's like a little out of scope for me to go too deep on this stuff. So now I'm like, oh God, wait, what? And so I think it's interesting to think of them first. And voice of client is really important. I will give you that. So I'm like, while I was listening to you, I was like, oh God, people are going to be like, Deanna, who did you have on your pot? Like, you're going to fight this person. <laughs> Me and Cassie are going to fight you guys. But everything you were saying is also really important. Um, So I just think it's interesting that I do it backwards. And now I'm like scratching my head thinking, okay. Um, What kind of people do you normally work with? Well, and that's funny too, because as I said earlier, like I I feel like that's up for debate, right? Like Mm -hmm. I am down to have that conversation. I think, you know, it's it's not wrong to feel like who you are, your perspective, like all of that's important. That is what people gravitate toward, right? So I'm not saying that like, put yourself on the back burner and, you know, like, right, make your your entire dog page about your client. (laughs) Well, um, I think it's just interesting because as a person, as a person who works with my clients, I just feel like I have to represent what, like, I have to be honest about what they're getting, like the weirdo that they're going to get when they work with me. So if I think too hard about like, in the beginning of my business, I thought too hard, I think, about who I was trying to attract. And then it was affecting like how I felt like I could show up. Mm. Because Then it started feeling like weird and fake, which or you know, and then they get here and I'm still myself or else I build a whole business where I have to act like a certain way to attract a certain person. So I always start with me, especially if it's someone who's like forward facing to their customers and going to be out in front. But I also feel like in your thing, they're like right next to each other. So I think they kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. Because I do have to also speak to the pain point, like speak to the things that people need help with or like it, it does kind of blend. There's a, there's like a blurry line maybe in the middle. There absolutely is. And I think yeah. you said such an interesting thing too about like worrying that you have to show up a different kind of way. And I think if, if, if anyone is feeling that, 
then you do need to go back to you as the founder. Like, who am I going to feel like I'm showing up as my best self for? Like, what does that interaction look like? Who are those ideal clients that I've, I've already worked with that I wish I could clone and exclusively work with? Like, mm-hmm. where we just had this synergy, it was an energy match, like all of the good vibes. Like, I, that's what I think everyone wants more of in their business. So, yeah. yes, like, yeah. and you know, it brings up another, I think, misconception too around messaging, which is that. Oh, it's, you know, it's like this strategic, strictly defined thing. And then there's no room for spontaneity or I have to kind of fit myself into this, you know, neatly defined box. And that's for big brands. Like that's not for me. You know, I don't have, I don't have a marketing team and like all of that. It's not true. Like, you know, I I think especially if you are the face of your brand, by all means, like you are the person whose perspective and opinion is what people are going to value. Um, you don't have to define or limit yourself um, based on what you think people want. But yeah. it's also good to be aware of what people want and mm-hmm. make sure that your offers and your messaging are serving that person. You can still show up as the wonderfully weird, you know, <laughs> loud or whatever, quiet, yeah. introverted person you are, but you still have to speak to that person in a way that they can hear. Yes. Well, yeah, like me doing, like you were, Cassie was on the anti-hustle holiday countdown, if you didn't listen to that, but she was on there. Or maybe you're like, wait, how do I know this person? <laughs> um, but like, that's strategic for me calling it the anti-hustle holiday countdown. And because like, I don't want to work with people who are like, gonna be like trying to have me help them make content that's like 6k in two days you know 100k a year you know like I just don't want that vibe so again that's like I guess part of my messaging is like a little bit of anti-hustle like a little more low-key not super you know whatever I feel like I like working with more solopreneurs so that's part of I guess my messaging but again that came from like working with people and being like, Oh, these are the people that I really enjoy working with. Like, what are some of the characteristics that everybody who I've really enjoyed working with? What do they value? Like, what do they have in common? And to be honest, like for me personally, and I don't know if this is the same for everybody, like it's pretty similar to me. (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah, we should be friends. Like we're client. Like you should be my client because I like you. Um, So it just kind of worked out. And I think that's where the like blurry blurriness is. Um, I guess maybe I could, decide oh I would make way more money if I started like being some boss babe like making six figures seven (laughs) figures and like reaching out to those people and pay like charging way more and working with them but I feel like I would hate my life (laughs) like I would hate having to work every day so how can you like marry the two I think yeah yeah and lean into what's working even like double down on what's working instead of saying, oh, well, I have this weak spot over here that and it's a weak spot because I don't really like it, you know, and, you know, I'm going to go try this new thing over here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, like, is that what you want or is that what you think you're supposed to want? Yeah. Yeah. And just leaning into what, yeah, like you said, what's working, what feels good for you. And I always, and I do think too, people talk about consistency and all that stuff. And I think the more natural it is for you, like the easier it's going to be to be consistent, the more fun it is. 
like people who feel like, I hate being on video, but I feel like I should do it. It's like every time is going to be the worst thing ever. Like you're going to drag your feet. You're not going to want to be consistent. So if, you know, showing up in stories is your jam, like you said, lean into that instead of like trying to fit a, what do they say? Like a square peg in a round hole. round hole. I don't know. Yeah. We sound like George Bush when I try to say things like that. I'm like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this was so fun. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours. I love it. Um, I do sort of feel like we started your um framework, but you named all the things. If anybody wants to know more about Cassie's framework, they should just hit her up on Instagram or wherever. I guess I know you on Instagram. Is that your favorite place to hang out? That's that's my favorite place to hang out. I'm not showing up in the feed quite as often anymore, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but I did also just release a new private podcast. If anyone is interested in this topic in particular, yes. um, it's called the bland brand antidote. Mm-hmm. So it's all things messaging, um, e- even more of this kind of stuff, as well as, you know, some really practical advice and takeaways that you can run with and think deeper on this stuff. If you're like, okay, I feel like I sound like a broken record and I don't like the song that's playing. Um, That's that's who it's for. And you can find that on my Instagrams. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun as always. I'm glad we are still friends and we didn't have to debate about that too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. So what are you thinking? How does your brand messaging stack up? Do not forget to follow Cassie over on Instagram at Metal and Tonic Co. So you can grab access to that private podcast and dive in and think about all that stuff. And as always, feel free to hit me up, send me a DM. I love a voice memo over on Instagram at the Deanna Seymour so that we can chat a little more too. All right. I'll see you next time. Na, 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 na,